0: Now, see, I don't care about what you did down in Washington, because that's chicken shoot radio. Welcome to Rock Strikes 10.
1: 10. Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. Welcome any new listeners I might have here. I figured with uh, the whole thing about uh, the Kim Mills episode that we had on the show a couple of months ago, uh, he actually reposted that episode on the podcast feed. So if you're here because of that, welcome. Stay tuned. I hope you enjoy the show. We do a different theme every week. Sometimes we have ongoing series, but like I said, it's always ten songs, no more, no less. Thanks and make yourself comfortable. Enjoy. Alright, uh, for you longtime friends of the show, you know I do recurring themes. I'm going to start a new theme that I will revisit from time to time here. Something I've been wanting to do for a long time on this show. Probably since the beginning, honestly. I'm just trying to figure out a way to do it, and do it, I guess, somewhat unique. Now, uh, you know, self-heralding albums that are unappreciated is kind of the uh, order of the day as it concerns most podcast shows. We tend to spotlight stuff that doesn't get its due, or even if it's something, you know, that is a known name or known entity, we try to go deep on it. So this is a little bit of both of those things here. Now, definitely giving it up for an unappreciated album that still has quality to it is definitely something that i like to do so my version of it here on rock strikes 10 i'm just going to go ahead and call it gems naming it after that great aerosmith compilation where they really put some of their best songs on one cd the songs that never got appreciated a lot of songs that never made it into the set list things like that so on gems here we're going to focus on unappreciated and unheralded albums now these albums are probably definitely heralded as it concerns hardcore fans but not heralded in any way with the general public uh you know the record buying public critics and of course critics play a big part in this i'm taking that extra step to not only find albums that not only that i enjoyed personally but albums that were I don't want to say bashed by journalists and critics, but uh, even just indifferent kind of reviews. So uh, I think I've got a handful of records here. We're actually going to focus on five different albums, so as to not be so here's a new shopping list of ten albums that you got to have now. We're going to make it a little economically feasible and get it down to five albums. So we are going to play five blocks of two, so this is a win-win. You get to maybe discover an album that you haven't heard before, and also I don't talk as much. And with my limited time these days, uh, I think both will hopefully be equally appreciated here. (laughs) So let's uh, get down to it here and discuss the first album that we're going to spotlight. Now, this is always one of the first ones that pops into my brain when i talk about unheralded albums underrated what have you and ever since i bought this record the year it came out and i just couldn't believe that it, it didn't set the rock world on fire now of course you know now i'm a little bit older and there's some perspective here i realize that the most of the public just consider this band a one trick pony which is unfortunate because um i'm talking about the band extreme now of course you know extreme had a number one single more than words nothing wrong with it but uh you know even digging deeper on that album on extreme two you'll find things that uh, most things that don't even resemble that so they definitely got pigeonholed in the weirdest possible way because that's not really their bag they are a musician's band and they're pretty damn heavy when they want to be but also can write a pop tune so you know the first album did pretty well. they got a lot of you know press, you know, especially with the guitar magazines of the world because Nuno you know, Bedencourt was fresh on the scene, of course, the success of two, and even on extreme three, three sides of the, every story that was definitely their their you know experimental queen type album and i really love three sides to every story but i gotta say the fourth album waiting for the Punchline, which is you know what a lot of bands were doing at the time it was an answer to alternative music and grunge and all that stuff and it's definitely the heaviest album they've ever done but that i was at that age where i wanted heavy And I still liked Extreme and I was still rooting for him, so this was like the perfect formula for me. And I still love listening to this record here, Waiting for the Punchline. And I feel like people still don't talk about this album. And this is one of the reasons why when Gary Cherone got the Van Halen gig, I was excited, you know. I was like, yes, because Waiting for the Punchline is a kick-ass record, and this is going to fit in just fine with Van Halen, of course, knowing that I'm sure Gary's hands were tied a lot in the making of Van Halen 3, and plus the production was terrible on it, that's, uh, there you go, that's the failure of Van Halen 3. But I gotta say, Gary Sharon should at least be, at this point, be the lead singer for Queen, since they insist on being out there, and it would be a better band, and uh, I digress, all my little soapbox thoughts here. But getting back to Waiting for the Punchline, the other thing that I just really love about this album is it has a great organic live feel to it. You can just immediately picture in your head just four guys in a circle in a studio just playing it live. That's exactly what this album has the feel for, and I think it really shows, especially in these two songs here throughout the whole record. But I'm going to spotlight my two favorite songs on the record it's hard to choose a top two for this record but uh, i'm going to go with these two right here and i'll tell you about them when we get back so all right leave your preconceived notions at the door turn it up and uh, check out this block of two songs from 1995's waiting for the punchline by extreme we're going to kick off the block with the album opener there is no god there you go, representing Extreme's 1995 release, Waiting for the Punchline. That was There Is No God, followed by Leave Me Alone. Two great songs there from a great record. I hope you give it a chance. I think pretty much all of these albums that we're going to talk about on the show tonight, depending on what town you live in, you can go to any second-hand music store, and there's a decent chance you'll probably find all of these in the clearance bin, because One of the criteria that I didn't mention at the beginning of the show was it definitely uh, cannot be certified gold. So none of these albums were ever certified gold. From what I was able to find in my research here is that Waiting for the Punchline, I think, pulled about 100,000 units maybe, which, that's the other thing, is a massive drop off in business there considering that I think uh, their first album nearly went gold. Extreme 2, of course, uh, did a couple of million and then I know that Three Sides to Every Story went at least gold in the States. I think did a million overseas at least, a couple of million. So yeah, there's no gold certification for Waiting for the Punchline. Sadly, it deserved to do so much better. and deserved to do great at radio and all those things, but it just wasn't in the cards, and extreme was considered old news and not the new hip thing anymore, which there is a uh, song about that on the album also called Hip Today. So... the the one song you might have heard off of that because it got some minor radio play but there you go one of the other criteria for Rock Strikes 10's Gems is that you cannot be certified gold at all so even 100,000 units is kind of pushing it but hey, you know that's the other thing is that they have to be kind of a a known entity like most rock fans would know an act by name and it's not some sort of just obscure thing some local thing some indie thing that nobody knows so That's the other thing about it. All right. Speaking of which, a band that people will know by name, but I think most people don't have this album, and the sales statistics do show that that is the case, probably. And judging by the attendance records, you haven't. Okay, a little major leak there. But uh, yes, the third album, the third full-length album, I should say, by Skid Row, because they had an EP out between their second and third album, Uh, Subhuman Race. I think most hardcore fans of this band really love this release. I've seen it mentioned before. I think uh, I remember them talking about it on that metal show. Anytime you bring it up to anybody in the band, whether it's Sebastian or the current members of Skid Row, they kind of blow this record off. And I think it's because, from what I understand, it was recorded with a lot of turmoil, and they were not getting along, especially with Sebastian, which, yeah, surprise. But I got to say, if they're ever able to... uh, listen to this album under a different perspective i think they will realize uh this might be song for song their best album and i think i truly believe that honestly i think man maybe slave to the grind uh in a yeah probably but man a real close second is subhuman race i think it's such a cool strong record there's a lot of variety to it that's the other thing about it is You can hear the pushback, you know, like I talked about with Waiting for the Punchline, with the alternative movement coming in. You can definitely hear a little crunchier, heavier Sabbath kind of thing in the riffage. But at the same time, they never completely lost sight of their original style and what got them to the dance. So it's a really nice hybrid of old and new on Subhuman Race. There's like three ballads on there, but the ballads are really good, like real quality. They're not like mushy, I remember you kind of ballads. They're more like Quicksand Jesus, you know, or something like that. So ballads with Bite. Uh, Further proof, I'm going to spotlight one of the ballads on this record on this block, and uh, you'll have to see what that one is at the end. We're going to start off with the album opener, which we did this last time with the last record. But it's such a damn strong opener. You know, if you didn't know who it was going in, you'd swear it was, you know, Rage Against the Machine or Soundgarden or something like that. But it still becomes a Skid Row song by the end of the day. And I gotta say, this is probably absolutely, maybe without a doubt, my favorite Sebastian Bach vocal of all time. He just kills it on this track. Okay, so this block of songs here from, uh, yeah, once again, 1995's Subhuman Race. What was it about that year? Uh, But here is two songs from that record by Skid Row, starting off with with this one my enemy turn it up as loud as you can There you go. Super quality block of songs there from the underappreciated official Rock Strikes 10 gem, the Subhuman Race album by Skid Row from 1995 started off with My Enemy and then Into Another, which I remember hearing Into Another on my local radio station as the new single from the album. I feel like the order that I played these in, though, is probably the order they should have gone in because Into Another, definitely a strong quality track great performance but i think my enemy really should have they really should have just gone for the jugular right out of the gate that's what i think anyway so let me know what you think and let me know if you have this record or you plan on buying it now or you know what have you so yeah subhuman race good Row. now official entry into the rock strikes 10 hall of gems right next one here another one i i could pick a decent handful of albums by this band, uh, the the band that really truly gets no respect a lot of times in the overall conversation, and uh, they're even in the damn big four. And I'm talking about Anthrax. I've been a long time champion of Anthrax, and uh, the band only has. Four gold certifications throughout their career. Starts off uh, from Among the Living through Sound of White Noise. They had gold certifications for those albums, but no other certifications for any of the other albums, which is very sad because, you know, those albums on the end of both of those, those sides there, are just complete quality. Spreading the Disease, I kind of think I like better than Among the Living top to bottom. And, you know, I like Sound of White Noise, but I truly believe of the Bush era, Volume 8 and We've Come For You All are just triumphs and albums that were recorded when they were just at their lowest as far as you know sales and you know concert attendance and things like that but you know anthrax uh, did and has been doing their best stuff while nobody's paying attention and uh, so i wanted to focus on one of those albums and i could have picked any of them but i'm really gonna i'm gonna go in the middle because i could have even picked you know And then that's the other thing, picking an album from like the last 10 to 15 years is almost kind of unfair because you're not going to find any kind of certifications anywhere since people don't buy records anymore and they think they're entitled to free music, you know, so I think cutting it off maybe in the mid 2000s is probably the way to go. I don't know, but this is easily the latest entry in this uh, series for this particular episode. So I'm gonna go with We've Come For You All from 2003. Uh, This album is just one of the great heavy metal albums of all time, top to bottom. And I truly believe that. When it came out, I was working in a a CD store. I played the shit out of it. We actually used to be able to keep track of uh, albums sold, you know, just per store. And at the same time, you know, all, all my friends and, you know, I'm I'm friends with some of the hipsters and everything and all that. And they're my friends. And uh, I used to like Radiohead, but at the same time, Radiohead had their album out, Hail to the Thief. And uh, so I even got into like a mini competition with somebody there to see who could uh, sell more units anthrax or radiohead and i totally won i sold the shit out of that anthrax record it was just a fun journey to take with this album got it day one played it still played all the time went to the tour they played this sports bar in dallas called the warehouse but it was an amazing show and uh, you can see a decent uh, document of this, uh, not in the same town, but on the same tour. If you get the Music of Mass Destruction DVD, see a band at the height of their game there, and we've come for you all. Like I said, just an amazing record. What else can you say about an album whose two guest stars are Roger Daltrey and Dimebag Daryl? So right there you have that, and it's almost impossible to pick just two songs off of this record, but I'm going to go with what I feel. I'm I'm trying to do the if I never heard this record, you know, what what two songs would you play for someone that's never heard the album so i'm going to go with these two right here uh the more straight ahead metal song here we're going to kick off with which is the proper album opener after the intro and that is what doesn't die there you go a quality metal block there from anthrax's 2003 release we've come for you all now in the rock strikes 10 hall of gems but yeah we started off that block with what doesn't die and then we went into the more mid-tempo yet extremely catchy song called any place but here so i wanted to play those two songs to give you an idea of what you could expect if you finally do the right thing and purchase that album and I think I might have been wrong. I, my memory is a little eh, and I've never done drugs or gotten drunk in my life, but I think maybe it was actually The Underground was the name of the club. I don't think it's there anymore, so regardless. I got some great pictures from that show. I should post them soon, but we'll see what happens with that. Someone I have yet to see live, which uh, is definitely on uh, you know the top five easily of great acts that I've never seen that I must see, uh, is the Hall of Famer, Iggy Pop now of course iggy pop very heralded especially critically he's in the rock and roll hall of fame with the with the stooges and you know he's never sold a ton of records but he's definitely got those a handful of albums that are always making critics lists and things such as that you know whether it's the stooges stuff raw power even something like uh you know in, in early 1990 you know with the album brick by brick that had a handful of hits on the radio and mtv you know so iggy's always done pretty well uh, not a ton of like certifications, but uh, I was gonna go with this one because it's just because it's an Iggy album that nobody ever talks about, but it's so damn good, and it's it's honestly it's not for everybody. It's very subversive, very angry, a very off putting and uh, you know it just sounds like life takes uh, but it's easily hands down and this is actually saying something i think the heaviest album that iggy pop ever did it's practically a metal album with like angry punk leanings lyrically and uh, just a shit hot band on here including i think the the most famous member of this lineup was moose man who was uh, in the original lineup of body count and uh, moose actually did not live to see the release of this album there's a crazy story behind that which I might tell later but uh getting back to this album here the album is called Beat 'em Up it came out in 2001 and it's a motherfucker I mean I mean this, if I had to give a review on this and put it in a publication the first thing that would come to my mind is it's a motherfucker i mean that's all i can really say about it it's iggy it's heavy it's it's exactly what you might expect by him but like pumped up on steroids so uh let's let's just get to the music man here's a block of really heavy ass music from iggy pop's massively unheralded 2001 album called Beat 'Em up i'm not even gonna tell you to turn up because he's gonna do it for you A block of songs from the album "Beat 'Em Up by Iggy Pop. Go get that record. We started off with the album opener Mask, which I actually... I'm opening every block with album openers. I didn't even realize that until just now. But yeah, Mask which has a, just a great rant right there in the middle of it <laughs> and uh is you speaking of uh the song mask i recently posted on uh, if you didn't know this it's kind of a speakeasy right now but cnj radio actually has a video page on facebook called cnj tv so we only post quality rare videos of really cool acts the latest video that i posted on there is actually iggy performing the song mask live on late show with david letterman and uh it's great because it's almost like he's going to go out into the crowd and he almost does and just the uncomfortable look on the audience's face really just makes it worth it there's like five people in the audience like banging their heads and everybody else is like what is going on and this weird guy this weird old guy but yeah mask and then uh the end of the block here we played a late track on the album called ugliness i could have played anything because they all kind of sound that way and it's just a really cool heavy ass record that one you should always have ready to go in the car just in case you're having a bad day or the traffic's terrible just something man there's even like i think on ugliness there's that horn honking at the end it just makes it so manic i love it so that that's not somebody behind you that's the actual uh song there I, i'm sure everybody out there has at least been fooled one or two times by like police sirens and honking on albums but uh There you go. Maybe that was your first. Let me know. All right. Great record. Great record. All right. And, uh, you know, kind of leaning back into, like I did with the Anthrax album, we're just getting into that era where people stop purchasing their music. Uh, But I was surprised to find out that there was no even gold certification for this album, so I'm going to add it to the list here. I originally was going to go with a different album by this act, but come to find out the album, while not being very popular, actually had been certified gold at least. So I'm talking about Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I was going to spotlight the She's the One soundtrack, uh, an album which I truly believe is one of the great unheralded gems of Tom Petty's overall catalog. But we're going to go with The Last DJ from 2002, I believe. 2002 or three, something like that. But the album was never certified gold, and uh, the fix was definitely in from day one. And I'm sure Tom even realized what the writing on the wall was here. Tom Petty basically went in and made a loose concept album about the death of everything that used to help music whether it be radio or record labels critics fans uh it's just a burial of everything so uh, this this album over time may be considered the death knell to mainstream rock and roll as far as just being the commentary track for it so it's a really interesting album that aspect i I gotta tell you i mean this was put out on warner brothers i would have paid A lot of cash to be a fly on the wall in that meeting when they do that table listen you know because every label does it the album comes out and they listen to the album top to bottom and they come up with strategies and how to promote where's the single things like that and you've heard about these stories the ones that didn't go well especially are the ones you've heard about but man i would have loved to have seen the meeting for this one because it's like tom petty is going to tell you what a piece of shit you are for the next hour pretty great all right so let's get to the music here i'm gonna play uh to to close out this episode i figured it's apropos to go with the last dj album so of course like we did for the other ones we're going to start off with the opener which is the title track i'll see you in a few enjoy
2: There goes the last DJ who plays what he wants to play and says what he wants to say. Hey, hey, hey! And there goes your freedom of choice. There goes the. Sometimes it'll kind of come in And I'll bust a note and remember how it was back then And there goes the last DJ Who plays what he wants to play And says what he wants to say You can't steal what you can't feel, can't stop the sun from
0: shining, shining. down and down and down,
2: and you may think you control. There'll be more just like me Who won't give in Who'll rise again Can't stop the world
1: You know, I went back and forth with which other song I wanted to spotlight off of The Last DJ. And I almost feel like doing the closing track on the album is a bit of a spoiler because it's just such an obvious closer. It's an epic, but I, I just couldn't not do it. I almost played Have Love Will Travel because that's a, just a great quality track and it's definitely more accessible. But I think Can't Stop The Sun is really the best way to go for that record. I mean, it's just so deep and so heavy. So I hope you enjoyed that. There you go. The first and last song from The Last DJ. It's a record you should definitely own, as well as all these records you should definitely own. So let me know if you wind up uh, purchasing any of these. I I love to hear that kind of feedback. It always makes my day. So uh, yeah, Uh, go to cnjradio.com, where you can find the links to the Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Interact with me and you'll also find every episode of Rock Strikes 10 on cnjradio.com, including the ones that aren't on iTunes. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out The Synaptic, The Synaptic Empire, featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative. It's a great show, completely different than mine, but also just a massive, massive kind of variety that you won't find anywhere else. So, great show, love it. I'd love it and endorse it even if It wasn't on cnjradio.com but also while you're on there check out the last theater with my cnj radio partner chris new episodes coming soon check out the archives for that show as well and also the flagship the wrestling house show which i also do with chris we're very current on that show Just put out our Best of 2018 Awards episode, and our January wrap-up is coming very soon. Uh, So yeah, big things doing on Wrestling House Show. Of the thousands of wrestling podcasts, this is definitely a different type of animal. So yeah, there you go. Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. Of course we have those two recent additions to the website Talking Rock with myself and the great Mark Striegel of Talking Metal fame we wax about rock and roll usually about a half hour to 40 minutes every time uh, if that's your commute to work and that's a perfect show for you so check out Talking Rock on cnjradio.com also on TalkingRock.net and just about to launch finally after long, long, long last, the I Am Vinyl podcast with myself and the great Pete Larusa of of Spacebeard. Pete's a great guy. It's a great show. We've already got a couple of episodes in the can, so once we hit it, we're going to hit it hard. So keep an eye out for the announcement of the I Am Vinyl podcast, for sure. And uh, speaking of Pete, last but not least, extra special thanks to Pete Larusa and the guys from Spacebeard for the awesome outro. We play it on every episode. If you're new to the show, then let me know if you get it if you get what the uh, outro song is, if it sounds familiar. All right, so yes, uh, go to facebook.com slash band for more information, purchase their excellent, excellent quality record called Gone, and tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. All right, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. And, uh, man, I've got so many things planned for Rock Strikes 10 this year. I'm going to try to do them all. I feel like I should announce things in advance, but I've got three major projects and series to do that I really want to do on this show. So uh, keep just let me know you're out there and you're listening, and that'll always motivate me to do more for you. So uh, yeah, just if you've never written to the show before, let me know. Send me a PM or write on the Facebook wall. But anyway, until we see you on the next one, thanks a lot. We'll see you later. Have fun.